Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Laura, are you all right? Yeah, I'm more than all right. I'm spending time with you now. I've got a question for you. Oh, go on. I love your questions. When are you planning to retire? And what are you going to do with your time upon retirement, Debs? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I'm not retiring. I've always said I love, love, love what I do and I'll continue to work until I drop down dead. (laughs) So uh, tune in to podcast uh, (laughs) 1372. You know, who knows? We might capture that live. Um, So, well, that's an interesting one because do you know what? I feel exactly the same. Do you? What makes you feel the same, Law? Because I genuinely feel like I am doing a job that um, is just plays to my nature. I, 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 get, I get to do all the things I used to get told off for at school. <laughs> Making people laugh, <laughs> telling people what to do, getting the, tea, you know, the crowd engaged in sort of doing something. I used to get told off for school for having such a loud, booming voice. And I kind of think now a little bit like Julia Roberts in, um, uh, what's it called? What's the film with... Uh, Pretty woman, when she goes into the shop and goes, big mistake. And I'm like, I want to go back to those teachers and go, big mistake. All those things you used to tell me off for. That's now the way I go about work, having that kind of loud voice. But interesting, isn't it, about how many people do you think are walking around at the moment who don't really enjoy what they're doing, who are just working to then, um, you know, pay the bills and just tread their way through until retirement. Are we are we unusual? Are we usual? What do you think? <laughs> I think um, from the conversations I've probably had over the years, I think we are a little bit unusual. I think, you know, people, I've come across people that are just waiting for that moment where they can get out and retire. They, they hate a Monday morning. They hate, you know, any day really where it gets to that point where it's, it's, it feels like a slog, a hard slog, and they just feel resentful or I don't want to learn anything. What's the point? And it's a very negative space sometimes to be in. And it's that bit that says, you know, well, what was it that stopped you from doing what you truly wanted to do? And there are a million and one reasons, you know, didn't have the opportunity, didn't think they could, were told that they can't, um, you know, was sort of said you should go down and do this or do this or do this. And, um, you know, and it's that bit where people then fall into something, can't get out of it. And they're just waiting for that day that that retirement comes. And then they maybe don't know what they want to do even with that retirement. Because, you know, some people might have another 30 years ahead of them in their retirement. And it's not, and they haven't even thought about their vision for what that part of their life is going to be about like. So they could continue being miserable or sad or unhappy because they haven't given it any thought. Yeah, Debs, I think I think you're so right. If I've spent all my working life going, God, I can't wait till I'm not working. If my definition of happiness is not working, well, what am I going to do with the time that work would have taken? And I, I think these are. I think this is a really powerful, useful conversation right now. And there's a couple of reasons to why that. Number one, a lot of people are thinking about leaving their jobs. LinkedIn is awash with people who are just now a little bit more visible on LinkedIn. They haven't said by the way, I'm leaving, but they're certainly on the sort of lookout. There is a huge wave of resignations that are waiting just around the corner. Number of reasons, I think, for that is people thinking, I've got to go back into the office now. I don't really like my job. I'm certainly
they're not going to like it. Now I've got to have three hours travel on a day. And the people, I don't really feel familiar and connected with them because either half of them are gone or half of them joined virtually. And there's some real big shifting changes, I think, happening. The second thing is people are having a long old look at their life and they've had, uh, you know, an opportunity to reevaluate. So there's a little thing that I refound that um, we covered on a session last year that people like. So I thought I might bring this out and rehash that one in this conversation because I thought it might add a bit of value to anyone listening in who has empathy with that, which is, you know, on the whole, I like my life, but my work persona just doesn't fire me up. I think there is something out there that maybe I'm more yearning to move towards. And it's scary, it's a bit frightening, but better that than looking back at the end of your life and just being full of regret, hey? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, some of the work we do with people around finding their purpose in life, you know, is that bit, look back, you know, you're 90, look back on your life and what do you want to be saying about it? You know, I always make the quip, oh, she had nice shoes. Is that what you really want to say? You know, or is there more to your life? And and even though some people can't maybe find the job of their dreams or don't want to or can't because of, as I say, a myriad of reasons, it's still looking for them, have that vision around, well, what's the other half of their life looking like? Yes, they have this work life, but are they doing stuff outside of that that enables them to to have hope and to have a vision for their future. Um, and not everybody gets a chance to think that way or have that time to do it or think they can't. And it's always fascinating when you start to work with people around, you know, well, what do you want in life? I hated that. You know, tell me where you want to be in five years' time. I hated that question whenever I got it asked in an interview. Um, and it's like, oh, I don't know, because I hadn't really given it any thought. Yet when you've given it some thought, it doesn't matter what it can, what it is, you actually are more likely to be able to answer it. Um, because it's just about forward thinking, forward planning. It may or may not happen. It may happen, but you might go on a little journey as you get there. But actually just taking that moment to think about, you know, what do you want? The importance of having a vision, I think, is that bit about making sure that you have that mental picture of what results you do want to achieve and and thinking about it that, you know, you've got that in your head, that's what you're aiming for. So, you know, even if you've got a crappy job and you hate your job, by having a vision of maybe where you want to go on holiday and your ideal location, um, you are more likely to get there because that's what you're focusing on. So, you, you know, you get what you want, you know, based on what you focus on. I completely agree. And, you know, both you and I have been at kind of various stages of rock bottom in our, in our lives, haven't we? I've been there where you are literally left holding the baby. Your personal life is in tatters. You've got no idea how you're going to pay the next bill, let alone think about <laughs> yes. a career. You know, I've been there. Yeah. And I now know upon reflection, thank goodness I know about the power of vision because that anxiety, that's the, 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 the curse of um, that, that is anxiety is actually the gift of imagination, isn't it? If I'm lying there thinking, oh my God, my life's going nowhere, I can't do anything, I'm so trapped, I'm so disempowered. Well, actually, if you then flip that, well, this means I want my life to go somewhere. What is needed in order to feel more empowered? What are my basic needs that have to happen? And then in terms of that stuff on top, what's going to lift me? Because it's amazing how the older you get, the quicker life goes by. So a plan that you put in, into, into uh, just even imagining it right now could in three months' time already start to steer the, the ship on a, 
a slightly different course. But I think it gives you hope, Debs. And that's what you need through those darker times, isn't it? Is some kind of beacon of light of, actually, there is an opportunity to change my life because I'm not where I wanted to be or something has happened that's meant, you know, I'm not happy in terms of where I currently am. Yeah, and it's having the self-belief as well that you can. I think that's a really important one. You know, somebody that I'm working with is, you know, has always wanted to write a book, always. And that's what they're doing. And they're making it work for them around their work life, around bringing up their own child, around travel, around, you know, wherever they're living. And they are doing it. And yes, it might be taking them longer than they maybe wanted to, but they're they're focusing on that as their future and, and they're empowering themselves to be able to know what they need to do when they need to do it. Because that visual image they've got of that book sitting on the shelf with their name on it is so strong that it's like their driving force. And I believe that, you know, when we sort of think about that is how do we create that, what I call the in power? So how do you turn that inwards? Because it has to come from you. It has to come from your heart. It can't be necessarily coming from your head. It's got to be something you're really passionate about and you want to go after, whether that's, you know, sitting on top of a mountaintop looking out for your holiday. That's your vision, whether it's sitting on top of, you know, the tallest building in the world and you're just taking in the scenery, writing a book. It could be your dream job. It could be volunteering. It can be anything as long as you have that strong, clear vision of what it is it looks like. So it comes from the heart because you're more likely to move forward towards it. Do you know, I think that's I think that book um, anecdote is so powerful because the vision is an, I'm going to write a bestseller that completely transforms my fortunes. There are so many myriad of factors that are going to contribute to that, but I'm going to write a book is, is in your control, isn't yes, it? Yes, you know, That is in your, in your control, even if you're sitting it writing on the loo, if that's the only yeah. time you get to yourself. <laughs> actually, yeah. you can control that. So I love that bit about in power because it's about what can I do? And actually, the result is sort of up to the fate of the gods, really, isn't it? But it's the input. That's what we can absolutely clarify our vision on it. Dave, I've got a question for you. So we love our work and we know what we what 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 um you know how important it is for us because it's more of a calling and a mission really rather than a job, isn't it? Um but what about anyone who um actually is quite comfortable with work just being one facet of their life rather than personality defining? What impact does it still have on someone that wants to go to work and then leave work and not think about it what impact still does it have on being unhappy in your job even if you quite like job just being one factor of your life um yeah and I suppose that bit that says it depends where you're putting your focus so if you're as you said earlier if you're only focusing on what is not good about it then that's what you're 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 manifesting and for those of us, whether we believe or not, I'm a big believer in you get what you thought about, wanted or not, right? So if you're thinking, I'm going to be unhappy doing this, um, you get, that's what you'll get. And then if you're not fulfilling the other side of your life, outside of the workspace, and you think, oh, my life is crap, my life is this, my life is that, guess what it will be? So it's how do you then stop and think about, you know, well, what's really important to me? And it's being really clear on what do you want? And asking yourself that question, you know, what do you want in your life? What do you want your life to be about? And then it's taking it to that next level where we'd say, you know, well, actually, what do you really want? And it's then going after it. And I think it's having that being of a a positive intent to move forward from it because, you know, we all too often sit in the negative, I can't because I should do that. But and when we hear those words, it's like, "Mm, do you really want it? 
So it's being able to, I suppose, certainly in my role as a coach, being able to you know potentially disrupt their thinking about that and looking at what's stopping them and what's getting in the way. Um, and it's our, normally our thoughts. It's whether we believe in ourselves enough to be able to go for what we want to go. So, yeah, it's it's because um, otherwise it can impact. We get sad and boring and we get crouchy at work and no one really wants to work with us either if that's that's your mindset really going in and everything's a chore and you're huffing and puffing and you know potentially then impacts on your you know how you're being as a human and yeah you might live your life and hate every minute of it and it's like really is that what you want your life to be about I always question that you know do you not want to have some form of happiness um or some joy or something that you look back on with pride or absolute achievement or chuffed to bits that you did it you know it's it's those but it's the belief I think that actually I can I can do this I think from a team point of view, um, and I'm sure we'll start rerunning them again, but um, people fa- seem to find our winter wellness sessions really useful for, as team workshops last year, didn't they? And one of the bits that it felt really random when I stumbled across the content uh, 10 years ago, um, we're like magpies for content, aren't we? Yeah, but we are. The, pan- <laughs> the pandemic just sort of brought out that actually that is a really handy bit of kit. So you talked about happiness and sort of, you know, fulfilling it, etc. Um, and uh, th- this kind of four square box looks at what kind of life you want basically so you've got the hedonistic life which is full of pleasure but not much fulfilling so think of those lottery winners who then within a couple of years are bankrupted again because it's all fun and actually it then starts to almost lose its structure and then you know potentially people can get themselves into a bit of trouble because there's no structure around it but rather than kind of um, the joy of life then being just not working the eudonistic life, and it's spelled a bit funny, but it's E-U-D-O-N-I-S-T, it's not like that, but the eudonistic <laughs> life is the more of the balanced with the hedonism. So it is a bit of fun, bit of work. So, you know, half work, half play. And what was interesting working with teams last year was, okay, right, we're all sort of stuck in this situation. How are we as a team going to set a three-month vision that balances work and play? Because if it's all work, it becomes a sour life. If it's all play, it becomes an overly sweet life, like it becomes um, it becomes a bit sugary and uh, actually it just makes you feel a little bit empty at the end of it. Whereas if there's that mix of work and play, that's the flourishing life where you are growing as you go, you're looking forward to the future. You might have a tough day, but it feels like that tough day is either going to get rewarded with a bit of play or is moving you forward that's going to kind of, uh, from a continuous improvement mindset, you know, you're going to kind of level up as you go. So um, maybe in terms of anyone sort of listening to this, whether you're in a working role or not, or whether this is just how your life works as a whole, the eudonistic life is apparently the one to aim for, which is what's going to bring me my kind of satisfaction where work is part of that satisfying part of life. It's fulfilling um, rather than just in the way of having fun. So work as that kind of work-life balance. Because like you, with the question we had at the start, I would, um, you know, if I, if I didn't need the money, I would still do this. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Because it's just my personality. And in yeah. fact, we did do it for free, didn't we? We did do it for free. When the yeah. pandemic first kicked <laughs> off, yeah. we couldn't sit there not, you know, helping people. It's just in our bloodstream as it is for all of our team so we did do it for the for the love you know and then the money follows because once you know all those systems restart again then um 
you know, it was kind of rewarded tenfold, but we didn't do it for that. We did that because it was just in us to do it. I thought, sorry, I think also what it did was um, just thinking about that. When you when you know uh, um, having a vision, why it's so powerful, like you said, you know, we just couldn't sit around and do nothing, you know. So, you know, we ins- it inspired action in us. We both sat down and went, what can we do? What's, you know, what can we do over the next sort of six, nine months? Little did we know it would go on a little bit longer. But that that then enables us to, like, create ideas, it, it pulled other people in. We were able to sort of get other people talking and, and inputting into what we were doing. Um, it created an energy, I think, which was a real positive vibe energy that enabled us to make change. In fact, Debs, just to leap in on that, we had fun because actually when you're working without the money attached to it, you can be controversial. Yeah, you can be absolutely. rebellious. Because you're doing it from the heart. And Not it that didn't we need feel much like... encouragement on that, Law. But... <laughs> but it didn't feel like work. Sorry, I just leapt no, in there. Didn't. Because actually, I got to see a different side to us two, which was right. It's us versus the world. Come on, world. We're going to chuck it at you. And there's no need to sort of play corporate, stay in the beige. We went full Technicolor. And actually, guess what? People loved it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, actually, it's what was kind of needed, that yeah. fresh approach to it. Because it's unprecedented times, permission to set new precedents. Yeah, and that's what you, you know, you said, you know, and even now, you know, we I still use your phrase in some of the workshops we're starting to run now. You know, this, you know, we're coming out of this. We're the first you know, generation, if you like, of post-pandemic leaders, managers, team members, whatever it might be for you. So it's being able to think about how can we vision, create those plans, look at to the to the future and then think about, you know, setting maybe some goals or objectives that are going to help us get there. But actually what it does, I think, is if you if you have a very clear vision of where you're going or at least aiming towards, you make much better decisions because you're really clear on what it is you want. You 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 sort of take that look at it from a different perspective because you're not just meandering aimlessly somewhere. You actually know where you're heading. Do you know what, Devs? It was a life-changing moment when you gave me that little quote when everything in my life had completely fallen apart, which was about... Um, well, yeah, about eight years ago now, eight and a half years ago. And I had it written in my pencil tin and it was aim with the mind, steer with the heart. I wrote it in Sharpie because it just shone out for me. My life was a mess. I had no idea was I go, where I was going. But aim with the mind and steer with the heart. God, that helped navigate through that. Yeah. So come on, share us some ways of, if someone's sitting there going, right, I need a piece of this. What, do, what does someone need with them to be able to set a three-month vision? I like three-month vision because it's 90 days, which means tomorrow is T minus 89. Like you've got to crack on. Ooh, it's yes. enough time to make change happen, but it's not so long that you can't sort of see it. So if someone wants to set a three-month vision, I think we've banged on enough about the power and the, you know, the, the impact <laughs> yeah. it can then have to transform even your sense of where you're going, even if actually nothing has tangibly changed yet. So how would you um, help someone guide them along setting a three-month vision? Oh my God. Um, and I got reminded of this actually a couple of weeks back and um, it's that bit about creating um, a vision board. So some people call it a dream board, some people call it a mood board. But for me, I always sort of call it that vision board where you can um, create, if you like, an emotional connection with what motivates you to keep going on. So I think this is this bit where you can just be completely creative, completely free and start thinking about, yeah, what does that look like? And gathering images or um, little quotes or anything that you go, I like that and start creating 
that that vision board for yourself and you will be like a magpie because the minute you start thinking about it, you'll see little pictures everywhere. You go, oh my God, that's what I want. You know, that's what's important to me. I love that picture. I don't know why, but I'm going to take it and put it on my vision board. Um, and then you might gather so much, but what it does, it helps you clarify what you do want because it actually forces you to put something down on paper, so to speak. So to to do that art, um, um, I know you can do it on Pinterest and you can do it on all sorts of, you know, wacky, wonderful things. But for me, the power is that tangible card, piece of paper. You can do it as big as you want. And the minute you sort of start, if you like, sticking your pictures that really inspire you on your vision board and then it becomes alive. It becomes that emotional connection which will be enough, have it somewhere visible and you look at it every day and it'll be enough to give you that reason for moving forward, learning something, getting up every day, whatever it might be. So for me, hands down, it's the vision board. Think about how many hours we are spending each day staring at the Netflix logo, the Amazon logo, all of these logos that kind of imprint on our brain for a sense of familiarity. So actually, we need to equalise that with, well, what's the imprint I want? I need to feel familiar with the future that I want to, because if I feel more familiar with a Netflix logo than I do my own life, you know, actually, for anyone who's working at home, you've got your own advertising space around you. You can bung up things all over the place that are reminders of the version of you that is, you know, potentially just around the corner. Do you know what you reminded me of? Lovely little exercise that you can do virtually as well. If it's safe and appropriate to do so, listen in and do it as well. It's so powerful, as you were saying, how you just seem to spot these things once you've made a decision. Look around the space you're in right now. Spot all the things that are coloured red. Count out that roughly to an approximate number. And now uh, close your eyes. Now, while your eyes are closed, how many green things did you spot? And chances are your brain just didn't notice those green things because it's filtered in and filtered out what you were looking for. As soon as you've done, done something, as you said, cutting out pictures of, I don't know, a destination or a type of experience that you want, you'll just start seeing more of it because out of the 3.6 million bits of information hitting your senses every second, yes. wow. your brain now has a slightly different filter it will apply. And it's phenomenal, yeah. isn't it, the impact that then has? Massively. And I think that, you know, that bit around that and, you know, even if you can't maybe, you know, see what that picture looks like, you can absolutely magic it up in your mind's eye, as I always call it as well. And you can describe it. And, you know, working you know, with somebody who's visually impaired, one of the things that they did was they could conjure up the picture in their mind's eye. And then what they did, they then spoke it onto their phone. So they had it as a, a voice note, which they then listened back to. So, and that was just even more powerful for them because, you know, whilst we said, you know, do a vision board, well, I can't see it. Okay, well, what about, you know, what, what options have we got here? So that's what they did. So they could absolutely picture it in their mind's eye. You know, and they were able to describe it beautifully as if you were looking at that picture. And it was just amazing. You know, and, and you know, taking it up to that next level is once you've maybe done your overarching one, you can then break it down if you want to, if you're you know, if that's what you want to do. Some people will break it down into work, life, personal, emotional, whatever, and they take it onto the next level. Um and yeah, you can really play around with that. I love it, love it. Wow, what a brilliant example of how to ensure, you know, having a vision is not exclusive to a certain type of person, is it? It's it's no. our right as a human to have some sense of mastery over our future and where are we going, even if the current environment is is not one that you sort of, you know, had dreamt of when you were a kid, etc. 
Wow, what a powerful conversation. And I think the the final sort of point I would make is, and I'm sure you've got examples of where, you know, it's never too late to change your life almost. And it's amazing when you stop and think, what's the version of you that you want to be this term, a year's time? And what's your sort of quarterly marker that will indicate to you that you're just slightly further to it? And there might be loads of stuff out of your control, but no one can control what goes on inside your own head. So inside your own head, you are master of your domain. So get dreaming, get visioning. You never know what doors might start opening once you've started opening your eyes up to a slightly different lens in terms of your um, your world around you. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely love it. And just give it a go. You, you'd be amazed once you focus on yourself and that's what give yourself back the power to decide what you actually want and go and do it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Come on then, call to action. What should we dare people to do this week? I think sit there and do your vision board. That would be my call to action. Love it. Get scribbling. Uh, My share of the secret would be, think of a friend or someone in your network you know is thoroughly miserable in terms of where their life's at at the moment. They're feeling a bit stuck and you just know that there is some lovely things waiting for them around the corner. Get them to listen to this and tap into that power of setting a three-month vision, even if at the very minimum, in that moment, you'll feel a bit better. And, you know, no harm in that. Having a three-month vision can only be of benefit. So that would be my share of the secret. Brilliant. I love that, Law. Looking forward to seeing the three-month visions coming in. Share them with us, Fab. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so September has all been about ways of working, triggered as a result of the waves of the pandemic. I am so looking forward to our October season. We had a giggle <laughs> when we put together these titles, we didn't did. we? Yeah, we did, actually. (laughs) So October is all about Halloween. We've gone full Halloween theme in terms of our um, episode titles. So watch out for the fairies, the goblins, the ghosts, the ghouls, all those things that can either help or hinder our ability to uh, thrive through these evolving times. So come and join in the fun. Get get your ghost uh, costume on and uh, whilst you're there making some random Halloween costume, you can listen into our podcast and have a giggle as we learn. So Debs, have a fantastic week. Love you lots. You too. Love you lots. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.